Android Lindsay. You host the Batch Report in the USA. You also recap. Bachelor Australia, Bachelorette Australia, Bachelor in Paradise too. Happy holidays to you. It's a great track. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Batch Report, and it is finale week on The Bachelors Australia. Yeah, so who do we have left? We have, for Thomas, we have Leah and Lauren. Jed, we have Alicia and Angela. And then Felix, we have Jess and Abigail. Yeah, down to the final six. Yes, so Asha comes in for a little chit-chat. Thomas is like 100% ready for a proposal. Just no questions asked. Just like. They didn't even show his family reunion. Which I guess they, he actually did meet both of their families and they decided they were just so boring that for time they cut both of them last Oh, week. really? Yeah. Huh. So like the girls were kind of upset that their families weren't shown, but because they were trying to cram everything into three weeks. They were just like, eh, if you're going to cut something, might as well cut these boring family meetings. For sure. And it may have like given away who he was going to pick in the end. So. Yep. So let's kick it off. Well, okay. So the girls are kind of like meeting in pairs, but they're like really random pairs. Like I think it was Angela and Leah like get together and chat and they're like, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? And they're like doing this whole thing. And then they have Jess and Abigail talk to each other. And Jess's story keeps changing over and over about what she meant about sleeping with Damien because now she's backpedaling. And she's like, no, I never said I was going to sleep with Damien. I was just saying that was like one of the many options. It was really weird. And then Abigail's basically like, dude, just buy a vibrator. Like, why do you feel the need to just go sleep with other people if your partner's away for a week? Like, yeah, maybe that's an issue. So they kind of show them going back and forth and back and forth. And then Damien comes to see Jess and they kind of did the editing strangely here because it shows Damien speaking to the producers before he talks to Jess and them kind of being like, oh, well, you don't have to go through with this if you don't want to. Like, how strange was it that they had Damien come back? Which, the more we watched this episode, the more I pondered, like, maybe Jess asked for them to bring him back for this conversation. Oh, yeah. Because they go and they chat and they start with their whole, like, heads on each other, like, foreheads touching thing. And I still think he's, like, legit a cult leader. But anyway, um... She tells him that she wants to explore things fully with Felix and break things off, at least for now, with him. And he basically just says, I'm so proud of you for speaking your truth and being honest with yourself. It was just like, it was weird. He like stormed off though, not stormed off, but like walked off. And then the producers were like, how do you feel? And he's like, I'm so angry. But I didn't really believe it. It didn't really come off genuine. It was just a weird situation altogether. I am glad she finally called it off, but why did it take until literally the finale? Like, it almost seemed calculated the way he was acting. Like, he's like, perfect. Like, 
now she's going to get all of the publicity she wants and she'll come back crawling back to me. Honestly, I feel like her being on there was kind of like their plan this whole time. Like even if she didn't make it to the end, like they knew that they could get her enough airtime to like make her quote unquote famous or like a villain or yeah, like, because I mean, going on to the bachelor with a boyfriend is a big deal. Right. Usually from what I've seen in the bachelor nation, people that come on with boyfriends don't last very long. Um, usually they're gone within like five minutes of that episode. Yeah. Like they get called out for being a boyfriend and, or having a boyfriend or girlfriend. And then the bachelor bachelorette is immediately like, if you have someone back home, leave. Yeah. That's it. Done. So it's surprising that Felix didn't do that or something similar to that. Okay. So we are going to talk about the very first of the proposals before we go to break because they breezed over this so fast, Yeah, which is weird. So Thomas basically lets Lauren down in like two sentences. He's like, it was great getting to know you, but I'm not picking you. And then she was like, okay, that's what I expected. And then... It goes on to Leah. He cries because, you know, he found the love of his life. He proposes. She says yes. And they immediately just move on from that. Lauren is cool, though. Like, that would have been cool if they got together. I think that maybe they would have had a really successful relationship. I think the only issue is he didn't give Lauren any time for the first half of the show. Like, he wasn't spending time with her on group dates. He wasn't spending time with her on one-on-one dates. And, like, Leah was already, like, had spent a lot of time with him at that point. But Leah's relationship with him was never, like, didn't seem like as... Like, I feel like he made up a lot of what deep connection there was in his own head. Like... I think he just felt like she was a deep person. Like, oh, she writes poetry. She does all these things. It's like we have this deep emotional connection, right? But I don't know if there's really necessarily anything there other than the deep emotional connection. For sure. And Lauren seemed to have more in common with him than Leah. Yeah, I feel like you look at Lauren and you see like a well-rounded life. And you look at Leah and yes, they have the emotional connection, but did we ever see them have fun? Right. Or share any commonality for instance yoga or meditation or like even what they like to eat or like drinking what like we just didn't see anything other than them staring into each other's eyes and her reading a poem yeah so So it comes down to infatuation in my perspective yes so we are going to take a quick break and talk about this week's sponsors and we'll be right back Support for today's episode comes from the perfect Valentine's Day gift, Let's Get Deep. Let's Get Deep is literally the hottest game for couples that you've probably already seen all over TikTok and Instagram. From the creators of What Do You Meme, Let's Get Deep is so easy and fun to play, so let's get into it. It's pretty simple. You take turns asking each other fun, deep, and sexy questions from three decks of cards with three levels of intimacy, icebreaker, deep, and deeper. Get ready to take things to the next level. The questions range from things like, what's your go-to snack at the movies? To what's your biggest turn on? To 
What does your version of hell look like? Or how do you show someone love? There are tons of amazing questions. And I love it because it has the fun element, like what do you meme does, but it brings it to like a relationship level. This is great whether you're just starting to date somebody, if you've been in a relationship for a long time, I think it's a great way to just get closer together. And if you really want to spice things up this Valentine's Day, you may also want to grab the After Dark expansion pack, which is filled with 200 extra spicy cards. So if you love like the super hot sexy cards, this is for you. It'll be the climax of your date night if you know what I mean. You may just want to play this one in the bedroom to save yourself the trip. It's time to put down the phone and get to know your person better. So whether you're dating, married, friends with benefits, or you're still trying to steal the deal, this game can truly bring you closer together. Let's Get Deep is perfect for an intimate setting or for a party. And you are in luck because we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. For a limited time, get 20% off with the code BATCHREPORT when you go to whatdoyoumeme.com slash let's get deep. That's what do you com slash let's get deep and use code batch report. Again, to get 20% off, go to whatdoyoumeme.com slash let's get deep and use code batch report. So let's get deep literally. Ladies, I have a new year's resolution for you. That's actually easy to keep. This is the year to finally stop wearing uncomfortable bras. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Honey Love has revolutionized the bra game so you no longer have to deal with uncomfortable underwire without sacrificing support. You'll immediately feel and see the difference. Their bras are so comfortable that you won't want to take them off. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with the code BATCHREPORT. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com and use the code BATCHREPORT. So, If you don't know already, I'm currently pregnant. That means my boobs are changing and their crossover bra is absolutely incredible. I've been wearing it my entire pregnancy, same size, even though I'm changing, everything still fits. I still have great support and it is so comfortable. So that is definitely currently my go-to bra and the pick over everything else in my closet. So if you're tired of bras that cause bulging in the back, Honey Love bras are designed with back smoothing fabric to prevent bra bulge. And you know the feeling you get when you come home from a long day and immediately want to take your bra off? With Honey Love, you'll never experience that again. Their bras are so comfortable that you just forget you're wearing them. And sometimes I actually fall asleep in mine and don't even notice until the next day. So treat yourself to the best shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com with the code BATCHREPORT. Use code BATCHREPORT at HoneyLove.com. Cinched, snatched, and lifted, it's hot girl season thanks to HoneyLove. Welcome back. So now we have to get right into Judd and his picks. This did not start out well for Angela because she enters the church and he's like, oh, have a seat. And I was like, oof, anytime you start on The Bachelor with have a seat, like in a random pew in a church. Yeah. It's probably not going your way. It was kind of annoying because she was really good for him. Like that was his perfect pick there. And like watching him let her down was so upsetting. And then she spent the whole time afterwards just being like, I'm so confused. Like, why why would you let me? Like, Elysia's made it very clear she doesn't want a proposal. She doesn't want like... 
she's been even like not completely certain on wanting a relationship after this. Like why? Like why? I have to say the Australian bachelorettes really take rejection well for the most part. Mm -hmm. With the exception of a few people. But like they don't cry the same way that American bachelorettes do. Well, he kept blaming his job, right? Yeah, he blames his job, and that was never an issue for her. In fact, she said that she's willing to work around it. Well, in the last episode, she was like, oh, like, that's great that I'm able to join you on tour when I can, but, like, I can still do my job back home, and, like, this will work out great. So when she blamed, like, when Jed was blaming the job, Angela was like, I thought we nipped this in the bud last week. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why is this even an issue right now? Yeah. And in contrast, Alicia said that his job would be difficult for her. And pretty much a deal breaker. So, like, what? (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. The reasoning didn't make a lot of sense. And I also felt like Angela felt that way as well. Well, which is why at the very end of their conversation, Angela said something along the lines of, Oh, and you probably have a deeper connection with someone else. And that's when he was like, I do have a deeper connection with someone else. But it's like, if that was the reason, why not just lead with that? Yeah. Like why don't blame a job Beat around the bush as the saying goes, because she was basically like, if you like someone else more, just tell me that, like, don't blame it on some BS reason for real. So then Jed ends up proposing to Elysia. He says, even though. She said she would not accept a proposal. And she made that very clear to him. And yeah. during the family gathering meet, I think she reiterated that. Multiple times. She was like, well, I'm not going to get married to Jed. And so he decides to propose anyway and is like, I hate ice skating and no one has ever brought me out of my comfort zone as much as you have. And she ends up accepting the ring and seeing where things go afterwards, but not the will you marry me part of the proposal. Well, he gives her an out because he's like, will you marry me? And then she's just like, "Uh, I can't speak right now. And then he's like, oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to make decision. This isn't um, engagement. It's It's like a promise. It's just like a promise ring. And then she's like, I'll put that ring wherever you want. On any finger. On any finger. As long as it's not a proposal. Yeah. So and I, then it was just like, that was it. And I was like, uh, okay. And I'm like, that's just kind of like where his self-esteem was at at the time though. Because it's like, oh, I really like her, but my self-esteem isn't enough to ask for what I want. Yeah. Like fully. Like he didn't stand by it and say, you know, this is what I want. He said, uh, I guess if to keep you, I need to make this a promise ring. Like it was like him trying to figure out how to keep her, but also like he was sacrificing what he wanted. It doesn't seem like she really made it to where they needed to be for that relationship to blossom into something really nice. And I say that because she didn't want to commit essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, and he even told her that the ring didn't mean that they were going to get married tomorrow. It could be five years. It could be, you know, three years. And then they decide, oh, we don't really want to do this. It was basically saying we want to take this to the next level. She said she didn't want to. And her family made very clear that going to the next level would never work with her and them and him. 
Yeah. So let's move on to another doomed relationship. Felix. Okay. Felix. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's no way that Felix does not end up in a doomed relationship at this point. So they first show Jess walking out to like the proposal area. And then they're like, oh, there's a drone flying overhead. And they like freak out and they bring her back into the holding room. So I feel like this was editing be like an editing trick because the first girl to come out is usually the one they're letting down. So they show her coming out. So you're like, oh, he's about to let Jess down. And then she goes back into the room and you're like, ah, Abigail's the first one to come out. Yeah. So Abigail comes out and he's like, you're absolutely perfect. Everything about you is great, but um, my heart isn't there and it's not going to get there. Yeah. And we learned something about Abigail. We learned she doesn't do second chances. Yes. Because they, the producers asked her afterwards, like, oh, like, would you get back together with Felix if he said he made a mistake? And she was like, no. I don't do second chances. Yeah. So Felix, I'm not sure you know what he want. Well, he picks Jess and, you know, he doesn't propose. Okay. Hold on. He wasn't going to pick her because he, when she came out, he said, I'm not really down with you dating two guys. And then she said, I broke up with Damien today. I've closed that chapter. And then he's like, okay, I guess I pick you then. But like, was not even offered a ring. She wasn't offered the ring. It was more like, okay, well, since you broke up, I guess we can like sleep together. Try this. Um, So post show, obviously they broke up very quickly. They do not follow each other on Instagram, but you know who does follow Jess and who Jess follows on Instagram? Damien. Damien. So it looks like she got back together with Damien pretty much immediately after leaving the show. Yeah. Um, Surprise, surprise. And... Thomas and Leah have also broken up. What a wild emotional roller coaster, though, for Damien and Jess. I feel like it was so fake. I feel like they're into it. Like, this is like their thing. Yeah. They like, get they're off. getting off on that. They get off on it. Thing. Yeah. So, Thomas and Leah broke up. It seems like they were together for probably about a month and a half, two months after the show. Decided they just weren't compatible. Sounds like they gave it the old, old gentleman's try. Like, they tried, and then we're like, this is just not it. In the outside world, it's just not going to work. I think she looked really good on paper. Like, oh, she's well, this so did he. person. I think that he looks good on paper, but he probably also does all that stuff, you know? Yeah. It's just it's hard to tell, like, someone in their private life when cameras are off and someone, like... Not, I don't think he was necessarily putting on a show. I found him very genuine, but like he may be slightly different one on one. Like he might be even more introvert, like needs more time to himself. Or she may need more time to herself and be like, you're smothering me by wanting yeah. to go out to dinner. Like there's a lot of things that could have happened, but it did not work out. People are curious to see if he ends up like giving things a second chance with either Lauren or Kiki post show. Just to see um and then judd and alicia went on a talk show and we're supposed to be like they're one big success story from the season 
And on the show, they were basically like, we're not really putting labels on our relationship. Like, Alicia's kissed other guys. We go on dates together. Like, it wasn't like a polyamorous thing. It's just that young thing where you're like, we're dating, but we're not in a relationship, but we're not not in a relationship. He's like, when I come back into town, I know that she'll be around. Like, oh, like we meet up and we go on a date here and there, but it's not serious. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Alicia is not a huge fan of his music. No. So she probably doesn't feel an obligation to travel around and like participate in that. But I do guess, or I do know that Alicia said that her brother and sister do really like Jed. She didn't mention her father. Her father obviously is not a Jed fan, but she did say that since the show that both of her siblings are very on board with Jed. Didn't even her sister? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say it didn't really seem They like... said in the... Ed- she mentioned that in the editing, it looked like the sister didn't like Jed as much, but she does actually really like Jed. That's nice. Um, But it looks like she still doesn't have the support of her family, so I think she's just kind of like, eh, I'll like ride this experience, have fun, and then... It doesn't seem like that. Jed is a great match for her. However, who am I to say, you know? Yeah, I'm curious to see where things go. I sense a breakup, like an official breakup post coming in the next few weeks, but we'll see. I'm hoping that we at least get like some happy ending, like Thomas ended up with Lauren or something like at the end of the day. Um, And I am very curious as to who the next Bachelorette will be. A lot of people are pushing for Abigail. A lot of people are pushing for Crystal. Angela is on that top of the list of people that have been mentioned. And I would kind of like them to see, like, I would like to see three bachelorettes yeah, in the same way. Just to balance everything out. But spread it out over a few more weeks for the viewers. <laughs> this was a really fast-paced season. Three weeks for us. It took them, what, they said three months to film. But for us, it was three weeks. For sure. And it would have been nice to have a little more time to analyze everything that was happening. I feel like in that last, like in the finals week where they did the meet the families, they could have done one full episode for each guy. Like give us a whole thing of you meeting the families and the families back. Like we don't like the fact that they cut Thomas's all together was kind of lame. It must not have been very climatic. Yeah. So... They did what they did for a reason. Or, and yeah, I actually think it was a success having the three bachelors for the most part, with the exception of um, Felix's promiscuity, which actually kind of worked. Because they all had completely different personalities, which was nice. Yep. And, you know, we only saw one girl switch sides. And it worked. It worked. So. I actually thought they had a really good relationship. It was just or, behind. Um, yeah. A really good connection. You know, maybe we'll see more of Jasmine. Jasmine. Who knows? So that is it for this season of The Batch Report of The Bachelors Australia. Let us know what season you want to do next. I know Germany is starting soon. A lot of the other countries are about to, like, boot up for the season. If you really want us to do the U.S. version, also let us know. And we will talk to you soon.